Okay, well, first of all, um, thank, thank you, everybody, for coming today. Um, I wanted to give... Well, I actually did give some sort of sense of where I was from, but I wanted, I also, I wanted to talk, really, about it, because it's kind of interesting. Um, I just realised that uh, Ryan's work next door, which um, are photographs of, of the uh, musician Morrissey, who used to be with the Smith, that I used to work with Morrissey before he was a musician, when he was a writer, so he used to be, he used to be a journalist on the NME, which was a magazine that I used to work for at the very, very, be- kind of the very beginnings of my career. And that's how I came in. And he was, this, I think at that point, he was writing all his songs in his bedroom prior to the Smiths, this, this would have been. So um, I'd only just thought about that when I was looking at Ryan's work earlier. So, uh, so basically what happened with me, what, I, I, was, I was a musician, um, I was in various bands, I started a record label. This was 76, 77. 78, and then by about ni- 1979, I kind of had enough of, of, of touring, in, touring in, in, uh, in the back of vans and started to photograph the community that I was around, which was primarily was, um, was, was music, but it, it really kind of that whole, what was described as like the punk movement at that time is, and was, um, was creative in all sorts of different ways. So a lot of the people that I still know now are filmmakers, writers, artists. So it was an incredibly creative time. And um, I started to photograph people I was around, mainly um, well, artists and writers, filmmakers and, and, and musicians. And I put together a portfolio. Um, I photographed about 12 sessions, I think, with a, with a camera. It's the same camera that I used the other day. Um, I, I've still got the same one. It's a Rolleiflex, it's a twin lens reflex. And I bought that in 1980, and I never really changed it. So I was, I'm still shooting with the same camera. And I photographed 12 uh, sessions of different people. There was a writer, a couple of painters, two or three musicians. Um, I think there was a, a photographer as well. And um, I put them together as 12 pictures in a book. And I went to see this magazine called The Face, which had just started. And they gave me commissions straight away. So I didn't come through... What this is really about is that I didn't come through any kind of traditional sense of being taught photography. I kind of, like, I was self-taught. Um, and I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't become an assistant and learn in that way, which is an incredibly hard way, I think. I mean, it's like maybe a lot of people would think it's harder doing it yourself. Um, but I think that if you make a mistake, if you start and you're photographing, you're photographing for yourself, if you make a mistake and you're working for someone else, I mean, I know it's different because of assistants that have worked for me. But if you make a mistake when you're shooting yourself, you, you never make that mistake again. So it's kind of like it's a hard way to learn, but it's... Uh, but it's more direct, which is kind of what a lot of these pictures are all about, I think. So what I've... This show is um, really just... Really uh, is a good example, like a cross... Um, it's like a, a cross-reference of, of my portraiture work um, in as much as... It's not really that I photograph any differently when I'm, when I'm photographing projects for myself or when I'm photographing on assignment for The New Yorker or, or Vogue or Esquire. <clears throat> Excuse me. But... Um, but I guess the focus that I have is different as to what it is that I actually am interested in photographing. So maybe we'll start with talking about, <clears throat> talking about both these pictures here, which were uh, portraits of um, American, um, well, po- both American politicians. And they're both people that, that I was very, very keen to, to photograph for all sorts of different reasons. Um, I'd say that maybe... 
40% of what I photograph, the portraits that I photograph, are self-commissioned. They're people that I want to photograph myself, and, and I can't wait to be commissioned to photograph them because what I've found over the last 30 years is a lot of the time people run away, you know. <laughs> I'm not able to photograph them. And, and that's happened, like, a lot of times. And Kissinger, uh, both Kissinger and Bobby Seale, Henry Kissinger and Bobby Seale were both really, really important. I mean, you know, particularly Kissinger with, you know, the fact that he was one of the last of the, of the big Cold War figures. And, and I was born in 57, so I have, like, I have, like, a memory in a kind of the aftermath of the Cold War as well. It was, like, very much, you know, it's very much the whole idea of the bomb and everything and was, was something that, that we were really, obviously, we were really aware of in Europe when I, where I was growing up. And he, I mean, he's, like, central... He's kind of like really central to American, American politics. He's like, you know, the, the most, kind of like the most, one of the most powerful post-Second post World War figures, I think. So um, I tried for, probably tried for probably about five or six years to photograph him. And he, he would never, uh, he'd never be photographed in any kind of like editorial situation. Um, but when I said that I was, I had this, a new, a new portrait show, um, he, was in, he, he, he agreed to be photographed for that. So this, I want to explain the pictures because all, all of them have got different stories. And this, um, <clears throat> these two pictures actually are, are kind of similar in a way because there was very, very little time to photograph in. There was a lot of time to set this picture up. And um, a friend of mine, Jan Frank, who's a, a painter, had been making this series of paintings called Dr. K. Um, which is kind of like a play on Strange Love and, you know, Dr. Strange Love. And, and, also, and also, of course, here. So he, he'd, what he'd done is, what Jan had done is he'd made all these paintings of, of uh, Kissinger's glasses. <laughs> and in actual fact, this painting is on its side because the office that we put it in was too small to take it the other way. <laughs> but it's kind of interesting because it looks like it's raining, it's raining glasses. Um, so I set... The situation that I set this up in was that um, we put the painting inside the office. I wasn't sure how long I was going to get. I thought maybe, you know, so, m most of the time I get, I, I, I work with an hour, and I, I suppose I speak, you know, I talk, to, I talk to the subject for about 40 minutes, and then I photograph for like 10, and then we kind of, we speak a bit more. So a, a lot of my photography happens very, very quickly, but it happens after the, after the point where we, we start to get to know something about each other. Um, this instance, what I did was I set, I set the background up and I put a white drape over the, over the, over the, back, over the top of it because the, the principal picture that I wanted to get, which I photographed was on, on four or five, was this against white. So I photographed that, but I've never ever... I mean, that's never ever been released because I photographed like maybe four or five frames of that and then I explained to him that a friend of mine, Jan Frank, was you know, kind of was, was, was in, was, uh, had made this series of paintings which were, um, which were about the, 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 this, the most important post-Second World War politician. This is what I said, which is what Frank, which is what Frank believes, what Frank, you and Frank actually believes, but for all sorts of different reasons, of course. And, and then I said, well, I have a painting behind here and I'd like to photograph you against it. And I didn't know, I mean, there's no way that I was going to pull this drape off before because I wasn't quite sure what the reaction would be. So I pulled it off and it was the only time really that he smiled. You know, I'd explained, I explained to him that, I'd explained to him that 
it was um, that he, he'd found kind of like a symbol of, 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 Kiss, of, of Kissinger. And he'd done that with the glasses. And he thought, so he, he, so he enjoyed it. He enjoyed it. I mean, like he enjoyed the play. He found, it, he found it funny. And I photographed like maybe three or four, three or four frames only of this. So I think in total, the, 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 the portrait session was probably like eight or nine frames, something like that. What I'd like to talk about, a lot of it, so the, the only, actually the only two, the only two, which is what I started with, are the, these, two, these two portraits, which are self-commissioned, and the, the rest are mainly commissioned by the New Yorker. Um, so I, what happened was, here, let me put this away. What happened was um, I started to be, I started to be um, commissioned for magazines and, and worked pretty much steadily through the 80s, the 80s and the 90s. And I started to work for the New Yorker in... Um, here, I'll stand over here. I started to work for the New Yorker in, in uh, 97, 98, I think it was. And um, the, first, the first portrait I was asked to photograph was um, uh, Pinochet, General Pinochet, the Chilean uh, dictator. And a lot of the portraits that I've been asked to photograph for them are, 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 are of... Um, a lot of politicians I've photographed but a lot of writers and artists as well. And um, in, would it have been 2004, 2005, I was asked to join um, as a staff photographer. So prior to that, I'd been in, prior to that, I'd been in Europe, and I was photographing um, Paris and Germany and London um, when they weren't sending a photographer, when they wouldn't send a, a staff photographer over. So... Um, what they'd ask, when I actually joined a lot of the time, if we speak about this one first, this is Pillar Man from the Broadway production Pillar Man, they started to ask me to photograph a lot of theatre, uh, pictures for the theatre and dance. And I'd never really, I'd never really done any before. I'd never, I mean, I'd worked with bands and I'd worked with sort of set-up situations with bands and ideas, certain ideas that I'd have. I'd try and um, shoot something that was, that was kind of like, you know, we, we'd thought about beforehand. But I'd never worked with anything as, as religious, as, 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 sorry, not as religious, as rigid. It's a good, it's a good twist. As rigid as, uh, as, as, this, as, as this page. And I started to put together these ideas which were incredibly graphic um, and that were pretty much worked out beforehand. So what happens with, a, what happens with um, the theatre page, the critics page, is that... You go and you, 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 you go and you cover you cover um, um, what am I doing at the moment what am I doing what at the moment um, it'll come it'll come back to me but uh, you, you go and you see the production and then within um, you go and see the production and then within um, a couple of three days you have to come up with the idea you speak to the editor um, Elizabeth Biondi um, she's the creative director there. And you come up with these different ideas of what it is you're going to do. This is, this is kind of very literal, because uh, this play is basically about um, these two... There's a, there's a point in the play where these two characters are, are being interrogated by these two. And I wanted to, even though this sort of situation didn't actually arise as literally as this in, within the, within the, within the pr uh, production, I wanted to put something that was quite obviously confrontational. So I put this, and this dynamic within the, within the four or five work work really well in my head and on the back of a piece of paper, but you never know what's going to actually happen when you, when, you, when you try to put it together and how physically you get people to work within a frame that's as small as that. 
So we photographed, this is the only other one I brought, but I thought it was kind of interesting. We photographed different setups, and this is one of the sheets. This is one of the sheets from that session. I think it's got, no, it's not, in fact, this frame's not there. But you see not much is, not much is changing when you look at it first between one frame and another. But in actual fact, each, one's to each one is totally, totally different. You know, there are reasons why that's not going to work. This one with Jeff, Jeff Goldblum looking at camera is great and smiling. But it's completely not. And they're, they're all breaking up, but it's totally not what it's about. So they're only, they're only it's kind of obvious this thing of editing is really, really important, you know, because it's kind of obvious when you get to that point. You, you go and you create, you have an idea, you create something, you photograph it, and then you come away, and then there's this whole other creative process, which is editing, which is, um, you know, which is, is, is kind of what you were talking about earlier. Somebody, who was brought that question up earlier? Yeah. Um, which is, you know, who is it that decides you know, what it, is that you, what, what it is that the final image is going to be. And a lot of the time it's working with a picture editor and a good, you know, the good, working, with, working at the New Yorker, I'm kind of working with the best, one, I think one of the best picture editors that, that I've ever worked with. And I've been working for, with her for about 20 years um, at different other magazines as well. And she, there's just a, <coughs> excuse me, there's, there's just, um, there's kind of a dynamic that you have with each other uh, and, and, and there's, there's, there are things that are really, really obvious sometimes, but I think with this, this particular image, there were maybe two or three frames, and then trying to decide then when you've actually got two or three down, you know, you'll lay them out, you'll have them on a wall, um, you'll go through them with the, with the layouts, with the text, everything else, and, and sometimes it's like kind of impossible to, you know, I might, I might, I might distill it down to three, and then I just let it go, because it's kind of important that you know, there's another creative process in it as well. So it's not just, you know, you, I think a lot of the time, a lot of the time the edits, edit is so important. You know, there's no other image, for instance, of, of Bobby Seale that I could have chosen. But that doesn't mean that in, like, 15 years' time, when I, look, when I go back to those contact sheets, that I'll look at it and I'll think, oh, my God, why did, you know, why did I pick this and why didn't I pick this? And that happens, that happens all the time. So the three images here... Uh, yeah, the you, three that we picked. You got down to three, and then you asked your editor to help you. Well, I got down to three with her, but I it's kind of, what happens is I get the I, I get the first edit because they, they come back to my studio, and I go through them and I do my first edit, and um, you know if I've only if I've if I've only photographed like three or four rolls of film, which often, which often happens, mm -hmm. you know, four rolls of film is like forty eight frames, twelve to a roll, and. Um, you know, if I go through them, it's kind of obvious the things that stand out. So with most, most of the time, those photographs are the ones that, or one of those photographs is the one that will appear. But when it gets, well, something like this, we shot a lot of film for this, I remember. So there's like, you know, there were like, there were a number, a number of different options. So I come up with my edit and then I put them to Elizabeth and we go to a meeting and we look at them. And, um, and then we'd maybe hone it down and pull another one in. And then we get them printed up. So then they get printed up to like uh, this sort of size. And, um, and, uh, and then we'd look at them again bigger, because it's, it's different looking at them on a contact sheet. So we look at them on a, in a, on a big, bigger scale. And, um, and then it kind of jumps out. Usually what happens is that the one that you, you're going to work with will, will actually jump out. Did you do the Oriana Huffington picture? No, no, I didn't. 
I don't remember who did that. Was it Martin? It might have been Martin. Martin across the room, because I work with I work with Martin. He's another New Yorker photographer. Um, if we if we work we'll work around anti-clockwise. Um, this this picture um, I'd photographed Ian McKellen before, and um, it is, it's interesting because he's with my kids uh, with Lord of the Rings. You know, they had this idea of, like, McKellen as this, this character in, in, in Lord of the Rings. And, and yet, of course, like, within the UK, everybody thinks about McKellen. They think about Shakespeare, really, and the, and the, and the, plays, that he's, the plays that he's worked on in, at Stratford and, and down at the Globe. So he's really kind of seen as, like, a classical actor in, in lots of ways. Um, so I was asked to photograph him. This is, this is King Lear. And um, I was asked to go to Stratford and photograph, and this is the second time. Um, the first time had been about three or four years before, and um, which I took my son to, I remember, the first time. He's completely over the moon because it was Gandalf. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so I... But this was at, uh, this was at um, Stratford Hon Aden, and, and the brief was to photograph a portrait of, portrait of him for this profile. Well, of course, like, I mean, I'd been to Stratford before and I had a sense of it and I had a sense of the river. And I knew that it could be a kind of a nice thing to actually take him down to the river and photograph him. But I knew that also, you know, you, you only get a certain amount of time. And I was told I would have an hour and, it, and usually that stretches out. But a lot of the time you don't really want more. I, I mean, I, I work well within the, fr the frame of an hour because you get a chance to talk and to find some kind of like, um, some kind of like place where you connect, which is what portrait is all about really it's about this connection between two people so I went down a couple of hours beforehand I saw a place within the theatre that I wanted to photograph we set, we set it up there was assistance there we had a, a single light and, and, a, white, and a white background um, so to, dis to explain what happened in this picture was that I'd photographed on this particular role I'd photographed what I thought was all 12 frames but I'd actually only photographed 11 and so I'd stood to one side to rewind the camera, and I realized there was another frame in the camera. And I turned, and he was, just off, he was just off the screen. I turned, and I saw it. I just saw this thing with the black, the black and the white, which is really graphic behind. And they kind of go opposite to this, to the way the lit, it's lit. And it's a complete... It's something that happens completely by chance, and it's, um, there's, a, there's a, a big element of luck. <clears throat> But of course you're standing there, you know, and you've got the camera and there is a, there is a frame, there is a frame still in the, it's still in the camera, so it's, you know, it's like it's kind of meant to be. And I photographed this one frame and, and I remembered it at the time and when I, when I came to actually do the edit and looked at the, looked at the picture, it just completely sprang out. Um, but it's by chance, it's completely by chance and it's really, really important with photography that, that things happen by chance, like this picture over here, like the one of Seal. You know, I mean, like I can say it over a number of... Some, a lot of these look very, very set up and rigid, um, but they're actually not because there's this huge element of, of, of chance that, 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 goes, that goes right the way through all these. I also photographed him down by the river as well, and those pictures, are, those pictures I really, really... I like a lot. I mean, I, I, I couldn't decide between the two, and that's another instance whereby you have to just let it go and let, let, the, let, the, let, let Elizabeth decide which one it is that works. And, you know, I'd read, the, I'd, read the, I'd read the text and she'd read the text and you could decide, you know, you could think, well, this is better for the text or this one by the rivers. The pictures by the river are very specific. 
And, and this is much more... I mean, I know exactly why she picked it, and she's right. But you said you actually remember it. Yeah, I remembered it, yeah. But I have instances that with, with photographs that I've shot like 25 years ago where I can look at the contact sheet again and I can know what the sequence of, what, of what's going on. I mean, I've got an appalling memory, a really appalling memory, but I can, but I can remember the sequence and what ha- what's going on within this. Because it's like a conversation, you record in a conversation. But I do, I remember, this, I remember this really well. And all the other pictures on that roll were like, just not happening at all. It's really... But you just get that one point where everything just kind of comes together. And it's very difficult to explain it. And in lots of ways, it's a vis- this is a visual thing. So to explain it often takes away the mystery of what, the, of what it actually is. But it's interesting as well at the same time to be able to explain um, practically what it is that goes on and how an image will, comes from here and a conversation and it actually arrives you know, on the page at the New Yorker or whatever magazine it's in. Um, this, this picture was photographed, um, I photographed for, um, for American Esquire. And um, I'd spoken to a couple of people that knew, that knew Mike, Michael J. Fox, and they said that his, his uh, Parkinson's disease had become quite, it was acute, and it, it was, had become quite extreme. And it was very difficult for him to control um, his hands and the, his, the movement. And, but then he was kind of like, he'd, he'd kind of not... In fact, I think it's really well put here. He said, he said, if I... When he's talking about living with Parkinson's disease, he said, if I... Wow. <laughs> Glasses. We're all there. <laughs> I, can, I can read it from here, actually. If I let it affect everything, it's going to own everything. I don't deny it or pretend it's not there. But if I don't allow it to be bigger than it is, I, don't, I, I can do everything else. So I felt there was like, what I, I saw when he was actually talking about it was that there was still like, it just seemed to me that there was like a lot of anger in him because he's still like, a, you know, he's a young guy. He's still, he's still a, you know, a young guy. And he's, he's really stricken down by this and it's affecting, it affects his life in all sorts of different ways. And in this instance, I specifically looked for a photograph. I mean, this, this one, again, really, really jumped out. I photographed maybe, I don't know, maybe photographed like 20 frames of 4.5 and a couple of rolls of, of 120, which is like not, not that much, not that much at all. And we were, we were there for about an hour and a half. But this picture like completely, like completely jumped out. And what he'd actually got with his, because he's, he's shaked, he's shaking so much. And this is shot with flash, so it freezes everything. But he was really, really, really trying to grip and, and to hold this together for this, for this picture. And this, this one, this is another one that I actually remember. You know, I remember if I look either side of the, if I look either side of the frames, these are all shot individually. They're not on a roll. You know, they're, they're four or five frames. But if I look at the ones that are either side of it, this one's just, um, there, was like, there was no, you know, there was no choice, really. Just, I, you know, it had to be this. This is, he's photographed at... Um, at his offices, which is also his home on the Upper East Side in New York. Um, this is a picture of Ashbury, John Ashbury, um, a, uh, one of your great poets. And I photographed this up at his, his house in Hudson um, and went up there one day and went, went round. I went, I went there, first of all, because he's... 
he's, uh, he's a great character. He, he made tea. And uh, so we had tea, followed by, very quickly, by gin and tonic. Because <laughs> he, like, he, likes, he likes to drink. <laughs> and uh, and so, he, so he showed me around the house, and, he's, and he said, well, well, we'll do all the photographs tomorrow. But he, but he was, you know, he was just like incredibly, you know, amazing grace. And he took me around the house, and I had, so I had an idea of like a couple of things that I thought could work. And the next day I went back, and, and uh, with my assistant and, pho- and photographed. This was, this was the final, the, the, I was actually photographing um, him in the environment. So a lot of these pictures, in actual fact, only one of these pictures that are, that are here actually show the environment because this, this isn't Kissinger's environment. It's, you know, that was brought in. The picture of Rem Callhouse outside is. But I photographed um, a lot of pictures of John Ashbury in the environment, in the environment of his house in Hudson. But this was, this was kind of like toward the end of the shoot, and I wanted to photograph... I really wanted to photograph him just to make something, like, extremely close. And the crop on it is kind of, like, really, really severe. And um, for this one, I remember, like, looking through... The, and it was the camera sat on a tripod, but I'm shooting with flash, because it's very... It's, it, I'm just, like, really formalising it, and it gives... You start to photograph... Sometimes I photograph on the tripod with, with, with uh, slow exposures as well. And that, that is sort of open to chance. It's really completely open to chance. But like, like the one of, like the one of uh, Seal, you know, it's like a slow exposure. So, but this one, I'd, I'd set it up, and I remember looking through the camera and seeing this really, really severe crop and knowing that it was, knowing that it was like, you know, it was very powerful, sitting within the frame with, that, with, that dark, with, the, with the darkness behind but also I remember looking at it and thinking, is he, is he glazing over? Like, has he had, like, <laughs> has he had enough? And, and I, look, I looked at the sheets afterwards, and then, of course, you, you know, there's a, there's, a, there's a sequence in, there's a history here, you know, you can see either side. And I think, <clears throat> I think there was a point where I was actually making, trying to make the thing work within the camera. <laughs> he was just like, and I think that was the point that he was actually at, where he, he kind of like, it was just before we finished. There's kind of like a vacant thing in his face that's just not, it's totally not what he's, he's really, really not what he's about. He's, but he has these incredibly pale blue eyes. I mean, he's, he's very, very engaged. But I, I, again, it was like something I couldn't, I couldn't really see any other image. It was, this, was, this was the one I picked first off. And you cropped it when you took it. Yeah, everything's, everything's within camera. I don't, I don't crop. I mean, I, cro- I do crop. I crop when I'm making the picture. Yeah. Not in the dark room. No, no, not in the dark room. No. But I can, I can, I can remember situations where I have done. But, um, but this is really. I mean, the, the portraiture I, I make is very, very formal, you know, and um, and it's kind of considered. And the fact that I'm considering it means that some. Well, a lot of the time, I think that the sitter's considering it as well. So you really get. You know, there's, there's, there's all of it. There's, there's, there's you know, like, there's, there's like a cute, you know, there's, really t- there's a real attention there to what's going on. Rem Callhouse outside, I'll talk to you about that picture in a minute, because it's, it's kind of interesting, the options that were there. Um, this is uh, Chinuach Abi. He was photographed at Bard um, for the New Yorker as well. In fact, all of these, except for this one, are the New Yorker, and these two, of course, are, pri- are private. This was photographed up at Bard. Um, I didn't have very long, maybe like an hour. And we photographed a lot of different setups, a lot of different, a lot of different things happened in front of the camera. 
Um, and he was just like, you know, he's, a, he's an amazing guy. Again, he's got like, you know, they, they, these are good together, you know, because they've both got, you know, they've got this incredible sensibility, both of them. And, you know, very graceful people. Um, he's in a difficult thing here was that he's in a wheelchair. And uh, so actually to photograph very close is with, a, with a tripod is like really difficult because um, not on the 4-5, but these pictures here are... You know, when I'm photographing someone this, this close, the camera's there. So you're really in, you're really in, in someone's personal space. And um, it was interesting when I, I did a, um, a blog interview with, with Martin Scholler, who, sh who shot the picture of um, Obama, and, amongst others. Um, but the, those extreme close-up pictures. And he was, you know, he was amazed that... And he never, he never, I, I didn't know that his, because they look as if they're photographed really close, so I took it for granted that his camera was really, really close. But in actual fact, it's about as far away as I am to you now, when he photographs his, his pictures. And he had no idea that when I was photographing, I was this close. So this was difficult because Chinua Chabi because, uh, was, was in a wheelchair and you couldn't get that close, so I had to take the whole thing off, off a tripod and work with flash. This was photographed a couple of years ago, I think. No, last year, last year. Let's just go outside and I'll, um, I'll talk a little bit about those two images and then we can have some questions, if you've got any. Um, let's talk about this first. Uh, <clears throat> so this, this portrait of um, Norman Mailer, um, it says here that it, was, it was, wasn't actually shot for the Observer magazine. It was, what happened was I photographed him for American Esquire in Brooklyn, and um, I'm, I'm, we, we kind of gelled, we, we really, we really hit, hit it off, and he didn't really, he doesn't really like the experience of being photographed that much, and he had about two or three interviews with other magazines, and um, that were coming up afterward, and he, he, so, he, so what he did, he spoke to those people, and he said that he wanted to, just one photographer to come up to his house in, it says it here, I've forgotten Provincetown. Provincetown, yeah. Yeah. And, and to come up there and to photograph a series of different pictures there. So that's what I did, and those photographs were... So they were kind of personal, um, and there was no editor that was involved in them, and what I was able to do was then put them to, to these, these two or three different places. So this, this picture was shot... was kind of like shot personally, but it became... But it was published, it was published in an editorial sitting. I, um, <clears throat> I had this conversation with him, <clears throat> and he said, um, where do you drink in New York City? And hey, what's your bar, he said. And I said, well, I go to this bar called Milano's, which is on Houston. And he laughed, and he said, when I was running for mayor in New York City in 75, we used to run the campaign out of the back room at, at Milano's. <laughs> so I went back to the landlord, and the landlord had changed. And... And I said, you realise that, you know, this is like a piece of history here, that Mailer ran his campaign in 75 out of the back of this bar. And they didn't know at all. So Milano's has got photographs all over it. And I think it's like, 
I kind of think it's like this democratic gallery because anybody can stick a picture up, and I really like that in New York City. And I'd always thought, what? Because I got all these photographs, and they knew I was a photographer. I thought, what photograph could I put up in um, in Milano's? And so we put a picture of Mailer up directly above the bar, and he's yeah. pointing, doing like this picture in here. He's pointing like this, so it looks like it's like last orders, but they've got it directly above the bar there. So. I should open it for questions. Yeah. Um, some of, when I say the word frame, I mean the internal frame, not the yeah, external yeah. frame. Sometimes you frame your pictures with the ragged edge, and sometimes uh-huh. it's very, you know, distinct. And what what makes you choose how you um, do the Well, the ragged frame. edge would have been, I think, in there. I don't know if there's any others. There was there was the four five, the one of Pillerman, Yeah. Well. Um, that's just that's just the way that the that the printer actually frames it. What I'm just all I'm all what I'm really keen on is that is that it, you can see that it's the full frame and that, it's, that nothing's actually cropped. So the earlier earlier prints of mine um, were printed on a very different enlarger. I print them myself because I don't print here now. I've not got a dark room, um, but they've got a much rougher edge to them. Uh, but the ones that my printer does are, the, are these with this kind of like tight edge to it. So it's kind of like it's. it's it's not, it's not only is it an aesthetic thing, but it's also right, the, 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 main, uh, the main reason is to show that, it's, it's to show that, the, that the frame's completely uncropped. That's really good. So you don't get involved in the darker work whatsoever? Yeah, I do, yeah. I mean, I'll go, I'll go there and, and, and they'll, they'll print. Um, I, I won't print them anymore. Okay. And I kind of miss it, yeah. but, but, I, but I don't miss the smell. <laughs> no. so, and I did like 20, 20, 20 odd years, over 20 years in the dark room. So I've kind of like, I've got calcified enough I think but what I do is that we, we, we get them print we, we'll get one printed like this and then they'll give it to me and then I'll and I'll draw on it and so I say like for instance this one's got a massive amount of work in it this head's held back the face is held back um, all of this is burnt in and this is really really burnt in here to actually get anything in there at all so and then you let other things go to black this printer I remember always used to keep shadow detail so they keep in as much detail as possible. A lot of the time when I'd be printing, I'd just kind of like, i just hold it and let all this just go really, really dark. Because I'm, I'm kind of like a... Um, I'm less tonal when I print. Yes. Do you, ever, do you ever photograph in colour? Do you always photograph in black? Ah, I always... That's good. It's a good question. I photograph in, I photograph in both colour and in black and white. And what I'd always do... The, all of these... Hang on, is this true? No, the two that I photographed myself inside were photographed just in black and white. I don't think I shot any colour with Kissinger. But almost all of the rest are, are, are shot with, in colour as well. So, but within the New, York, within the New Yorker magazine, the, the, most of the time they publish in, in, um, in black and white. But the other day, for instance, I photographed this artist, Bruce Nauman, which isn't, it's not out yet. And I photographed him in the studio in black and white. And then I photographed him in this situation with neon, which is what he, in the 70s, that's what he, that's what he was kind of known for, his neon work. So I photographed him in this, in, the, in this environmental piece with neon, with a long exposure and all the colors really saturated. So in lots of ways, I hope that that picture will be, will be published in color. So I do both. It, it seems like you could, it emits more emotion. Maybe it leaves more to the maybe it leaves more to the imagination. Like it's, it's it suggests you know it kind of suggests more. Maybe I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I was trying to work out the other day whether I dream in black and white or colour. <laughs> and I think I dream in black and white. <laughs> Occupational hazard. <laughs> So what are you working on now? Uh, I'm working on a book. Mm -hmm. I've just had a book published as Still Lives. Of, uh, of, of the la in fact, the last three books that I've had published as Still Lives. But I'm working on a book at the moment, which, is, um, which I'm writing, which is a book of uh, memories of different photographs in my life. And not, not just, not just f different photographs, um, not just photographs of people that are known, but a lot of people that are... I mean, the first picture in the book is a picture of me and my sister holding hands. I'm like six and she's three so on this your, pier. Your so it's about photography and memory, yeah, and how photography and memory coexist. You know, how when I said that I looked at that contact sheet and I'd know after 25 years, I'd know what conversation was going on, which is kind of like, for me, you know, I can't remember people's names from like two minutes ago. I can't find any way with directions. So... All of that side of, of my memory is totally like not functioning, but, but all of the other is, you know, all the other, that, that, that narrative of, with photography works. It's, it's, that's kind of amazing to remember things like that. Steve, thank you okay. so much. Thank you. Thank you.